Thank you. Welcome to you, sir. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, man. Pretty good. All right. We ready to talk Augustine? Augustine. Aug- Augustine. 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 Augustinius. Augustine. Yeah. This is um, the spirit and the letter. Wow. This is a great one. Um, I think this was the biggest thing after the Bible itself in the Reformation, if I got that right. This was very, very, very important. Yes. So many different reasons. And um, so we're dealing with confessions next. I mean, sorry, we've dealt with confessions. We're dealing with uh, the city of God, which I would say is like maybe the most. Dude, this guy gets three episodes. I know. That's who Augustine is. (laughs) He's the gangster. Um, and so, but yeah, the spirit in the letter is, is amazing. So, and it's all the law of gospel. Well, say law of gospel. It's more like law of grace, law of grace distinctions because gospel yeah. justification was not happening there quite as yeah. we would like. But, um, but certainly the law, grace difference, definitely works, grace, free will, grace, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so we said a little bit about Augustine already, um, twice over. So is there anything more you want to add? Well, I think maybe just in terms of this work, um, this this particular book has been compared in terms of its effect. Uh, it's been equated with the bondage of the will. Yeah, brilliant. So Martin Luther versus Erasmus. Yes. Um, so there you have the grace versus a semi-Pelagianism. Right. So what you have in this particular book is Augustine, who it's grace against Pelagianism. Right. Um, and so uh, as you read it, you've got to just take it uh, in terms of that, because he was the original, I suppose, articulator of that polarity and just really helped us think, think through it. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so very good from that point of view. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you, you mentioned earlier that Augustine, um, he, I think if he, if we had explained the doctrine of an imputation of, of uh, alien righteousness, he'd agree with it. Right. But because of the Latin understanding mm. of Eustacare, he basically is uh, his, his uh, definition of justification often sounds, like yeah absolutely yeah it's all by grace and that's what's kind of weird about it you know it's you know it's it fits into that whole uh gripe where people are often saying well catholics don't believe in grace and you know if they're augustinian catholics they do and they believe in grace alone and they believe in monogistic grace and it's you know it's it's all you know of a piece with what we're um saying as protestants but but it's just the issue of justification that's off there. And, and you know, he's not saying that very clearly. And it actually comes out, I think, in this letter as well. Yeah. Um, or at least in um, this reading, these snippets that we've got. Um, certainly it comes out in the, in the letter itself. But, um, I mean, basically what we're looking at, yeah, in the, in the Pelagian controversy, we've got um, this basic comparison. I mean, he's, inter- he's interpreting the law, the letter that kills the externality of the law. Uh, versus, and this is where it gets kind of funny because it's like, like the internal work of the law on the heart, you know, and that's the grace. And we agree with that. That's the sanctification part, as you were saying. Um, but it's not justification. <laughs> it's not, yeah. you know, we don't just fulfill the, we agree that the law, uh, you know, is fulfilled in love as, as it were, but that's not the thing that makes us um, righteous. And, you know, it's, yeah, so it, we'll 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 save those snippets for when we get there. But yeah, yeah. he makes some statements that are that are just kind of oof, very diametrically opposite to what we I think we believe uh, on certain texts. Uh, yeah, so he, I think maybe yeah, just uh, you know, with, with that being anachronistic, we need to remember that his sparring partner is Pelagius. Mm-hmm. It's not Erasmus. It's not yeah, Arminius. That's a good point. It's, 
his sparring partner is Pelagius. Yeah. And so the, the reformation hasn't happened. No. And we can't expect him to articulate our nuances and finer points yeah. as he's actually just winning a much simpler, bigger war at that point. Yeah, yeah it's very important. Winning the grace war, not the yeah. justification. So of, who, uh, makes, who makes the first move war? Yeah. You know, because I mean, Pelagius was basically saying this that you can obey the law, yeah. and all you need is knowledge. Yeah. And Augustine's, Augustine said, No, you, 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 God calls you to obey the law, but He enables you to obey by grace. Knowledge is not enough. Yeah. So yeah. That, was, that, was, that was the key issue. And, even, and even that, even if you could obey the law, um, you would only at best get some sort of external dimension going there. There would be some, you know, um, some superficial reality that, um, but if you, you couldn't actually ever turn to serve God according to the law in any meaningful way, unless God first gives you a provenient grace. And I don't mean that in the Arminian sense, um, but a grace that goes before essentially. Um, and so, uh, you know, those things are, yeah, super important. I mean, if you didn't catch the previous, um, episodes and you're you're just uh dialing into what we're saying here with augustine he's he's one of the big guys he's um uh, no doubt you have heard of him before um but he is really in some ways like the guy who produced both protestant and roman catholic theology ecclesiology and the the the, the roman catholic ecclesiology and i think more protestant uh, soteriology um but it was um, who said that uh, the reformation was the triumph of augustine's doctrine uh, soteriology over Augustine's doctrine of ecclesiology. Yeah, yeah, amen. That's a great, great point, and um, and it's very, very relevant to all the stuff we typically talk about. Uh, I mean, this the reason why I've just this is one of those um, letters I enjoyed. Um, in fact, he wrote so many of them. This was one of his first. I'm just remembering that now. Actually, or twelve. Yeah, and it, was this his first or his second or something? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was. It was upfront. You know, and it became one of his more important works. Um, but what we said last time, just on the confession, you there? You seeing me? Right. So the reason I really like uh, looking at this, though, is uh, Jeremiah 31. He deals with that, and he kind of takes almost a very Baptistic approach, I would say. You know, it feels exactly what we would say. You know, and yep. maybe not what Presbyterians would say, to be honest, you know, um, on, on some of these things. But anyway... Um, so it's a relevant kind of covenantal law, gospel, not gospel, grace <clears throat> vibe. I read a very interesting uh, critique, uh, Peter Leithart. Yeah. So he basically shows how Augustine's view, for, you know, in terms of the uh, lacking the Reformation nuance, mm -hmm. is quite similar to the new perspective on Paul. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Can so see that, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Where where yeah, was that? But, but again, here's here's the problem with the new perspective on Paul. Mm. Augustine was fifth century, yeah, and yeah. we've come a long way since then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We've had the Same reformation. Point earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no. Uh, yeah. There's a certain uh, culpability that comes with that. Yeah. Exactly. Um. All right. Well, without further ado, um. Let's jump into the sucker. All right. Should I kick us off? Go for it. All right. Chapter, what are we, uh, chapter three, paragraph five. I think so. Um, all right. Here we go. Man's free will avails for nothing except sin. 
if he does not know the way of truth. And even after he begins to know his duty and proper aim, unless he also take delight in it and feel a love for it, he neither does his duty, nor sets about it, nor lives rightly. It is in order that such a course may engage our affections that God's love is shed abroad in our hearts, not through the free will which arises from ourselves, but through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And that's Romans 5.5. 5. Sounds like Piper. <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking about it now. You know, well, it, it's bad exegesis, but it's good theology. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, thinking about uh, the whole... Um, you know, that just want to almost take one step back from the um, uh, uh, new perspective on Paul thing, right? And just almost think about the the, the, the debates surrounding. I, mean, I, th- I would put the new perspective in this continuum, but you have that law gospel continuum kind of debate debate that's going on, um, and that ranges from everything, you know, from Roman Catholicism on the one end to to things like Daniel Fuller and you know, John Piper and so forth. And it's interesting how, you know, you're going to major on, if you want to stay Protestant, you have to major on grace. You know, it's going to be the thing that you're going to have to do. And so you're going to lean, you're going to sound like Augustine automatically that way. And, um, and I think it's not an accident that you see a lot of, a lot of Augustine's emphasis come through in, in, in Piper's kind of emphasis where you'll, you'll talk about, it's all about delighting. It's all about, you know, um, uh, living in that, and we would agree if you have the law gospel contrast in place. But you know, totally that's agree. that's just but the bottom line. Again, the same thing applies in that you, um, you know, we've had the Reformation now, so <laughs> a little less gracious yeah. to guys I mean, after I, that. You yeah. know, just just taking it from a Reformation Protestant point of view. Yeah. You know, when you're born again, God reorient reorients your heart. He reorients your loves. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't do the law because you have to to get salvation. Mm. Because you're saved, you don't light in the law and you do it right. out of salvation. Yeah, yeah. Amen. And that's yeah. just what we've called evangelical obedience, right? In yeah. in the confessions, and it's there everywhere. So that's 100%. And then uh, Romans 5 verse 5. Um, yeah. It's about the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. Right. So, you know, that's the love through us. I think that's wrong. It okay. should be God's love to us. That's, that's, yeah. that's God's uh, spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. God saying, I love you. Well, uh, put that on, on ice. Until we get to yeah. the last paragraph. Cool. That's where that goes crazy. Cool. Let me, right. shall I take the next one there? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Five, eight. Attend carefully to the apostle's explanation in his epistle to the Romans, where he, clearly show, where he shows clearly enough that what he wrote to the Corinthians, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life, must be understood in the sense which we have already indicated, that the letter of the law, which teaches us not to commit sin, kills if the life-giving spirit be absent the law causes sin to be known rather than shunned and so because transgression of the law is now added to evil lust to be increased rather than diminished that's really awesome because uh that's that's i mean that's the part i love in that you've got this strong hey you know he's not saying covenant of works but really that's the idea there you know it's 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 killing you it's sending you to grace. Um, and so rather than, you know, sort of providing you what well, we would say, I suppose, another means of salvation. Well, that's interesting because yeah. he is, you know, it's his so polarity different. is saying, you know, law alone cannot save, but law yeah. and spirit can. Yeah. Oh, and we, we would want to tweak the law and spirit part, wouldn't we? 
Exactly. It's so <laughs> irritating to read that, but you just have to constantly, again, you know, just to apply the rubric. We've said it a million times. Yeah. And then also once you do apply the rubric, it works, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, if you say, okay, we'll give him the grace these pre-reformation, but then also, you know, once you put that reformation rubric on it, it, you know, it just works perfectly. So, you know, because we are, it is true that sanctification is important yes. and we are brought to love the law and that is part of our salvation. And we've just got to make sure we keep that law of gospel contrast going. Um, but yeah. All right, cool. So chapter 12, 22. Um, what the law of works enjoins by threat, the law of faith secures by faith. By the law of works, God says to us, do what I command. By the law of faith, we say to God, give me what you command. This is why the law commands, to advise us what faith ought to do, so that he to whom the command is given, if he is as yet unable to perform it, may know what to ask for. If he immediately has the ability and com complies with the command, he should be aware from whose gift this ability comes. Amen. Yeah. So again, you just got straight up Calvinism going on there, and and you know. uh, I mean, that's what was the the, the original fight between uh, Augustine and Pelagius was. You know, Pelagius uh, remonstrated against the fact that that prayer of Augustine, Lord, yeah, command right. what you will. That was what caused it. Yeah, what you command. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, he, and, uh, so that's just being echoed there. Uh -huh. Do what I command, but the law of faith, we say to God, give me what you command. Exactly. It's Amen. just that reliance upon God, dependence upon God, sustained by God, the grace necessity alone. of grace. That's all mm -hmm. he's saying. Yeah. 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 Monogism for sure. Um, good. So that's a good one. Um, 1729. Right. Uh, in the Old Testament, the finger of God worked on tablets of stone. In the New Testament, it was on the hearts of men. Uh, there the law was given outwardly to terrify the unrighteous. Here it was given inwardly. So that they might be justified. Ooh, <laughs> even so, take the word. word justified out, put in sanctified, because he, yeah. <laughs> he, because he, he yeah. make righteous. There was there was an ambiguity in the word there, but carry on. Yeah, 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 totally. So we don't like that, but we, yeah, we're applying the rubric. Um, for the commands do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not covet, and any of the commands that there may be written, of course, on those tablets are summed up in this one saying, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Love does no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. This law, now look at this. Uh, this law was not written on the tablets of stone, but it is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Romans 5.5, 5, there's your verse. Uh, God's law, therefore, is love. The carnal mind is not subject to it, nor indeed can it be. And there's Romans 8.7. Uh, when, when the works of love are written on tablets to alarm the carnal mind, there arises the law of works, and the letter which kills the transgressor. But when love itself is shed abroad in the hearts of believers, then we have the law of faith and the spirit who gives life to him that loves. So, uh, sorry, I was thinking ahead to the, 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 chapter, the, the next paragraph, but it's, it's anticipated there in terms of that uh, statement there about Romans 5.5. 5. But, um, you know, I'm basically in agreement with that. That sounds good. I mean, he's, he's quoting the key proof text for total depravity, Romans 8 yep. verse 7. You know, right. without the spirit... We cannot love without the spirit. We can't fulfill the true uh, letter of the law, which is yep. love. Yeah. Um, so apart from grace, we cannot be saved. Yep. Amen. And then just the, again, the, the law there to condemn 
that it shows us our need for something, our need for grace, let's yeah. say. Um, and I think that's coming through that loud and clear, which I appreciate. Uh, yeah. Now, here's the, here's the interesting little last one, if you want to read that. Sure. Yeah. This is the faith which works, not by fear, but by love. Not by dreading punishment, but by loving righteousness. From where does this love come? By which faith works? If not from the same source from which faith obtained it? For there would be no love within us, however little, if it were not shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Now the love of God that is said to be shed abroad in our hearts is not his love for us, but that by which he makes us love himself, just as the righteousness of God is that by which we are made righteous by his gift, and the salvation of the Lord is that by which we are saved by him. And the faith of Jesus Christ is that by which he makes us believers in him. This is that righteousness of God, which he not only teaches us by the commandment of the law, but also bestows upon us by the gift of his spirit. There we go. That's not the gift of, that's not the, that's not the imputation of alien righteousness. That's, no. that's, that's, it's a deceptive paragraph uh, through Protestant lenses. Yeah, right. So you're saying he's talking about something else there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, helpful. But even just, um, you know, you just, you can't help but come away from it with the sense that, okay, so how it works for him is you basically, you get grace. It's all by grace. You can't make any movements toward grace. It's grace is grace, right? You can see all of that come through very, very clearly against Pelagius. And then with that grace, something starts to be infused. You know, uh, you can see the initi uh, the initial sort of, uh, ideas there. You just basically are, are your your hearts. Your heart is changed. You're actually becoming righteous. This is this is your own. I mean, the way he says, just as the righteousness of God, um, you know, is made our salvation essentially, and this is our own righteousness. Is the Lord brings the Son in our fulfillment of the law by our Amen. love. You know, it's just um, it's it's even a little bit too strong for our sanctification categories. I think I feel. Well, yeah, he's not, he's not discussing our responsibilities. He's not uh, discussing our cooperation. He's not bringing in the doctrine of concurrence. But yeah. I think given the nature of the debate, because it's versus Pelagius, yeah. it's a necessary emphasis. Right. Totally. Yeah. And that's the key then. If you just keep coming back to that, you're good. Yeah. yeah. If you understand the, pol the polemical context, you, you'll understand the rhetoric. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, um, so... Now the love of God, uh, where was it? From where does this love come? Where did I read that? For there would be no love within us, however little, if it would not shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Now the love of God that is said to be shed abroad in our hearts is not his love for us, but that by which he makes us love himself. Yeah, I think I disagree with that full on. You know? Yeah. So that would be the one point I think that even even if you readjust to sanctification categories, it's still like, I don't know if it works that way, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, is that what you were saying with the concurrence? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, having yeah. priests to Romans, zoop, my little radar went off. Right. Right. So <laughs> it's with, not God's love through us. It's God's love to us. Yeah. In Romans, in the Romans five context. And concurrence is important there because basically what we're doing is we're saying, um, 
it's not that we're compromising in any way on our own need to um, respond in love for the Lord. Um, it, it both are true in a concurrent way without compromising yeah. either. Is that what you're saying? No, I just, uh, just uh, when he, when the gift of faith, he doesn't explore how our wills are brought into a new willingness. He just, oh, okay. Just, I see what you're saying. Like right, right, right. We're just a channel of love. We're just a channel of faith. Yes. Okay. There's no, Got it. There's no Got cooperative it. element, which is what we would normally talk about in the context of sanctification. Yeah. No good point. All right. Yeah. I see that. Good. Well, anyway, there we go. Um, I remember being more riveted by this uh, last time I read it, to be honest. Um, I think, I don't know if we got the best chapters uh, out of this one, but it's worth worth having a look at. You can get it online. Did you see it online? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that he talks about in the book is um, it is impossible to obey God's law perfectly. It is possible to obey God's law perfectly. Right. This is this is one of the one of the conundrums he explores in the book. Yeah. So. Yeah, and just I, I like the whole um, you know love God and do whatever you want vibe that comes out of it as well. You know, yeah. he's basically I love the 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 it's almost like a pre Lutheran kind of you know uh, just a freedom to you know there's no the, the law is really important but it's always in its right new covenant context you know you you're going the evangelical obedience thing is really stressed i mean obviously anachronistically but um you know things that that i think we really hold dear and hold, uh, that are of great value to us so you can totally see why it became so important in the reformation um and yeah. it's just one of those books i think protestants should know about and, and, read. and i think the opening the opening line of that last paragraph this is the faith which works not by fear but by love you know, the whole <clears throat> motivation factor, if you truly understand grace, yeah. you're not motivated by fear. Exactly. If you truly understand grace, yeah. you just melt it into love. And totally. uh, he's, he's got a firm grasp on, the, on, on that, uh, those distinctions. Absolutely. Yeah. That Jeremiah 31 thing. Yeah, absolutely. He's seeing that come to fruition in the new covenant. And that's something. I mean, that, that, that would be something Tim Keller could say. Yeah. Yeah. Why Tim Keller? Oh, just uh, he's he's just someone I associate that that clean uh, or gospel dis, uh, distinction. Right. Yeah. Man, Tim Keller's got cancer. Pancreatic cancer. Yeah, heard. Brutal. We need to. That sucks. <laughs> I don't want Tim Keller to go. I'm not ready for him to go. Yeah. He needs to stay on, man. So let's be praying for Tim Keller. Um, all right, that is Augustine, part two. Three? How many have we given two. him already? Two. two. So, and then next time, Augustine, the city of God. And then we're on to John Cassian, conferences. Okay. Hmm. Right. Interesting. All right, cool. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. This will drop uh, like tonight or tomorrow. So we won't tell anyone to go to church. We'll wait for the next one to come after that to do that, which we've done already. But, but. <laughs>